1: Look, put it all together, America has, this is a fact, the strongest growth rate of any and the lowest inflation rate of any major economy in the world, in the world. We have a lot more work to do. There's no question our plan of investing in America and the American people is working. It's all part of my economic vision. You know, we invented that little computer chip, which everything from your cell phone to your automobile needs. Guess what? We used to control it. We got down to the part, we hardly manufactured any of it. And so what happened when things went bad, we didn't have access to all those computer chips that would be made in Asia and other parts of the world. So I got on the plane and went to South Korea. And I said, why don't you come invest in America? One thing led to another. Since I've been to office, we've created 14 million new jobs. 440 new jobs in North Carolina alone, just since I came back. Appreciate it very much. I also want to mention Congress. De- De- Deborah Ross. Where's Deborah this year? I just had my p- p- picture taken with her. That's probably why she left. <laughs> no, I'll kid this anyway, you, you Anyway, oh, she couldn't be here actually. That's not true. I got it mixed up.
2: Nobody is particularly excited about this race. We understand that democracy is at stake. We understand that Trump is in absolute danger to this country. We understand that Joe Biden is more competent.
0: Biden is a threat to democracy. He's an absolute threat to democracy. He's very dangerous for a couple of reasons. Number one, he's grossly incompetent, which is the number one reason. But he's also actually in his own way it's not him it's the people that surround him you got some very bad people surrounding him at that desk you have people running the department of justice surrounding him they're young and they're smart and they're communists and they're marxists and they're fascists and they're running this country they're running it right into the ground we'll get to the hitler stuff in a second okay but let's start though with
3: i'll make a chart
0: the fact that donald trump
3: is not well we know this but this this guy he's hes looking so old he's shuffling around and he really does think that barack obama is still president of the united states he's really
0: losing it you you we, we've been getting glimpses now of him shuffling around
3: uh and 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 looking lost and getting up on stage Talking about World War II, talking about President Obama, and here he did it again and said, listen,
0: President Obama may have bombed kindergartens, but he was trying
3: to do good things. And when he leaves office, when he leaves office, he could face A conviction. Um, Obsessed with Barack Obama, as always, is the first name that's top of mind. Sometimes it seems like he thinks he's running against Barack Obama. Right, it's Trump who's obsessed. Not not these people right here. It's Trump who's shuffling around and looks like he's about to die. Not the first guy that you saw in the cold open. (laughs) And don't worry, by the way, don't worry, because Mika is making a chart. You're listening to Stephen Fleury, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We appreciate you joining us on today's show, the last show of this work week. Hard to believe the weeks just keep flying. We're going to be in February before we know it. It's pretty amazing, the war in 24. We're seeing it play out. What an intense year it's already been Uh, in any event The housekeeping first. You can get to the live stream at TrumpetDaily.com or at the Rumble channel, Rumble.com forward slash TrumpetDaily. And don't forget about the uh, rebroadcast of this show every weekday evening at LFA TV. That's live from America TV. And that, of course, is a Rumble channel as well. So lots to get to. You know, if you just, we did this before. My wife made the comment when I got home. That if you just put Joe Biden, his speaking, his shuffling, and you lay it alongside Donald Trump. I mean, Trump on his worst day runs circles around the fake president. (laughs) And people can see it. People know this. That's why you hear all the chatter behind the scenes. Ooh, Michelle Obama's coming back. They know they know this fake president. They know Joe Biden is a disaster. They know his family is a disaster. So behind the scenes, they're maneuvering, according to reports, trying to get Michelle Obama out front because they know. They know in their heart of hearts, and yet they still, they take to the airwaves, and they, they give us a steady diet of this drivel every single day. Trump in that uh, cold open, that was him on with Hannity last night. Fox is uh, suddenly uh, a little bit more friendly to Donald Trump. That's what landslide victories will do. Even the executives at Fox, like Paul Ryan, that absolutely despise Donald Trump, even they'll allow for more interaction between Donald Trump and their hosts. Play the clip, it's way down in my notes of Paul Ryan talking about uh, just how how great Nikki Haley's chances are Biden is so weak that even Donald Trump pulls ahead
0: of him but look at Nikki Haley's polling I mean she beats him by like 12 points in head-to-head polls so I would prefer a a candidate who I think would be a good president and who I know is going to win
3: and by the way give us more seats in Congress that's Nikki Haley that's Nikki Haley (laughs) the uniparty they are in full support of Nikki Haley, these people—they've got to be pretty nervous going into Tuesday. Trump—I don't think he's so nervous. I really don't. We'll see. We'll see what happens on Tuesday. But they've put all their—they've put all their eggs in the Haley basket. Trump, uh, for his part, as I say, he's on with Hannity last night. Here's one more clip from their exchange, clip nine.
0: Why is Donald Trump always fight so hard? Um, Dennis Miller brought this up on the program last night A little bit of humility with Donald Trump will go a long way Yes, he's been persecuted, his family has suffered, he's suffered Yes, it's been unfair, but he fights hard, he loves his country And, and sometimes maybe you shouldn't be as personal What was your reaction to that? Well, I know it, and I know it very well, but we also have to win, Sean. If I were uh, a different type of person, I think I would have been out of office a long time ago. You wouldn't have even gone through it. They hit me with Russia, 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 before the election even. I mean, if you look at it, it was before the 2016 election. It was all set up.
3: Why won't you be softer and gentler? (laughs) Because they would destroy him, as Trump rightly points out, as if those people attacking him, Jack Smith, Eric Holder, Barack Obama, as if these are just, you know, your everyday garden variety nice guys. They're just super nice. Oh, yes. Even as they try to destroy you, they try to destroy you. And look at how they paint Donald Trump. You know, yesterday we just kind of skipped over it. There was a a report today of another politician in the uniparty allegedly caught up in an affair and and yet it's as if only Donald Trump has had a checkered past morally that Jamie Dimon clip that we played yesterday for example he says you know look we need to go easier on the MAGA crowd uh, but by voting for Trump it's not like they're voting for his uh, you know family morality And, and yet look at Donald Trump's family just looking at it on the surface you know, he's been in this marriage for, what, nearly 20 years? All of his children, most of them work for him. You can tell they love and they respect him. Yes, there's divorce in that history. Yes, there's, I'm sure, adultery or whatever else. And none of that's, none of that is appropriate. None of that is lawful if you're living by the laws of God. But look at our society. Republicans, Democrats alike. I mean, you remember the, the Epstein program we had just a couple weeks ago? It's a sick, sick place, Washington, D.C. It's a swampy place. The sins, it's not even just D.C., is it? Isaiah 1 says the sins, they go from head to toe. Sickness from top to bottom. That's God's assessment. But my point is, all these self-righteous hypocrites... They point at the bad orange man as if he's the only one that's made mistakes in his history, in his past. You can see it in that, that diamond clip, as I said. This uh, comparison was pretty brilliant. Someone tweeted out after Trump uh, talked in New Hampshire. I think this was yesterday. Uh, CBS says, Trump's closing arguments to New, new Hampshire voters pushes misinformation suggesting Democrats would infiltrate the GOP. That's what it says there on the left. <laughs> that's, that's from CBS. And then look at what it says on the right. And this isn't exactly a right-wing conservative website. This is the state-run NPR. A headline from NPR just recently. Thousands of Democratic New Hampshire voters are switching party affiliation and so Trump just goes to New Hampshire and points that out and says look we got to get out the vote because thousands of of Democrats are switching over to try to help Nikki Haley the one that Paul Ryan is absolutely in love with Trump but when Trump says it it's misinformation when Trump says it Philip Bump doesn't buy it even if it was said on NPR two days ago Yesterday on the show, we talked about the post-truth world, the latest issue of the Trumpet magazine. Again, it couldn't be more perfectly timed. The January 2024 issue. We're living in the post-truth world. People are so deranged, so delusional, that if NPR says something Tuesday, well, it's the truth. It's NPR. And if Trump says the same thing Wednesday, well, it's misinformation, obviously. How do you explain this? Well, it says a lot when you understand the fundamental premise that we're built up on top of in this world, this present evil world, this world that is not, certainly not God's world, not yet. It's Satan's world. God's new world is coming and soon. But uh, the truth of the Bible is that Satan has deceived the whole world and he has surcharged the air. With all kinds of deception and misinformation and half truths and false doctrines, this uh, article from Charles Hurt, I just it caught my attention because uh, General Mike Flynn, when he was here in the studio, he he made the same uh, the same point. Uh, as this one does. The worst part about all of this for Democrats today is that if they had just let Donald Trump serve his second term in the White House starting January 20th, 2021, their whole big nightmare would be drawing to a merciful close this year. I think it's interesting in the opening paragraph, if, if they had just let Donald Trump serve his second term, you know what he's implying there that they, they couldn't allow it, so they had to steal it. Instead of just letting it play out according to the voter's will, they had to steal the election. And like General Flynn pointed out, <laughs> they should have given him the second term. He'd be about done. He'd only have about 12 months left. In fact, I think tomorrow, tomorrow is one year out from the inauguration next year, January 20th. It's like the country song says, if I had shot her when I met her, I'd be out of jail by now. Well, anyway, that's in his article, that's not me. It says, Mr. Trump would now be a lame duck president in a worn-out White House, and Democrats would be swooning over their superhero Pete Buttigieg, prancing around in a cape, a (laughs) anyhow. Instead, Democrats must embark on yet another four-year death march against the MAGA king, in which they are sure to lose. Uh, Again, anything can happen in November. We certainly saw that in November of 2020. So we're not here to say he's gonna absolutely win by a landslide uh, vote, Uh, one where they're unable to cheat their way to victory on the other side. But more and more commentators, as I've noted this week, that they seem to be preparing for the inevitable. Something that we were talking about on November 8th, 2020, the fact that Donald John Trump will return to the White House. Think about all that has happened in the three plus years since we came out with that. We came out with it in a November 9th uh, trumpet brief. Just two days after the media anointed Joe Biden as the fake president and all the cars were honking away. Remember that? It's so surreal. Is this really happening? There, There's like 12 cars honking. And Joe Biden is, he's giving his victory speech in this COVID era where everybody was staying six feet away from each other. What a year. <laughs> just reading about it, as I was saying to Lee Smith on Tuesday's show, just reliving it a bit while reading his book earlier this week. It's, It's not... It it wasn't the most pleasant read, it was well written, and Lee Smith did a great job, but just being reminded of all the craziness, and the scaremongering, and the attacks, and the cheating, and the deceit, and the riots, all of that going on in 2020, the world in so many ways has never been the same. Kim Strassel, she's commenting on that clip we played yesterday from Jamie Dimon, the uh, the CEO of uh, that big bank, I forget which one. But she says here, the powerful, the intellectual, and the lazy have long said that the divide in the country is between rich and poor. Uh, They divvy up Americans along traditional lines related to wealth, college, no college, white collar, blue collar, income. Then they layer on other demographics. This framing has given us the diploma divide And the new suburban voter and uh, hillbilly elegy, elegy, it sent the political class scrambling to understand Donald Trump's forgotten man, again, defined economically, she says here. It's just talking about, you know, all the the analysts and all the people that are crunching the numbers and they're coming into each election cycle saying, well, America's split on this and this and you've got to attract this demographic over here. She puts it more simply than that, as did Jamie Dimon in that clip from yesterday. That framing fails to account for the country's unsettled electorate. There's a better description of the shifts both between and within the parties, a split that that better explains changing voter demographics and growing populist sentiments. It's the chasm between a disconnected elite and average Americans. You see it everywhere now average Americans, what they want. They didn't want what the House pushed through yesterday. Another continuing resolution, something Mike Johnson promised we wouldn't do again. But yeah, let's just kick the can down the road. Who cares? Let's just keep keep spending the trillions. Is that what just the average, ordinary Americans want? Of course not. That's why the approval ratings of people in Congress, they're like below double digits. There were 200 and some odd Democrats that voted for the continuing resolution yesterday and only 105 or 6 Republicans. And Republicans control the House. So what that tells you is that Mike Johnson came forward with legislation that the Democrats loved. Yeah, let's just keep spending like drunken sailors. You've got about 100 Republicans in Congress that are staunch conservatives, probably not even that many, but at least they voted against this monstrosity. They just ram it on through, and of course the Senate, they're all the Republicans in the Senate for the most part are rhinos. So they push it right on through, and the spending, the out-of-control spending increases, and so does the inflation, and so does the hurt and the pain that most Americans are going to experience. The growing chasm... Between the elites and average Americans, she says this is becoming a them versus us electorate and election. Political candidates, take heed. Better watch out. I mean, you see this chasm on display everywhere. I mean, look at the summit in Davos. Every year we're treated to this spectacle. (laughs) All of these elites, as I said yesterday, coming in on their private jets, telling the ordinary citizens of the world look, you're going to have to sacrifice for us to save the the, the earth. You're going to have to... Uh, John Kerry said the threat is like what we faced with Hitler in World War II, climate change. So we need to churn out solar panels like we were, you know, tanks and bulldozers to fight against Hitler. Listen to this. This is a little bit of a longer clip. It comes from the president of the Heritage Foundation, and I'm not sure what panel he's on over at Davos, but uh, he he dropped a few truth bombs on uh, these, these liberal elites that are there to speak from their perches
2: on high, clip seven. The very reason that I'm here at Davos is to explain to many people in this room and who are watching, with all due respect, nothing personal but that's your part of the problem. Political elites tell the average people on three or four or five issues that the reality is X when in fact reality is Y. Take immigration. Elites tell us that open borders and even illegal immigration are okay. The average person tells us in the United States that both rob them of the American way of life. They're right. I guess the favorite at the World Economic Forum is climate change. Elites tell us that we we have this existential crisis with so-called climate change, so much so that climate alarmism is probably the greatest cause for mental health crisis in the world. The solutions, the average person know, based on climate change are far worse and more harmful and cost more human lives, especially in Europe during the time that you need heating, than do the problem and the problems themselves. China... The number one adversary, not just to the United States, but to free people on planet Earth. Not only do we at at Davos not say that, we give the Chinese Communist Party a platform. Another supranational organization, the World Health Organization, is discussing foisting gender ideology upon the global south. These are practices that are under review if not being rejected by countries in northern Europe. The new president, especially if it's President Trump, will, as you like to say, trust the science. He will understand the basic biological reality of manhood and womanhood, and do you know why? Not because of retribution, not because he's a dictator, but because he has the power of the American people behind him.
3: He's got the support of the uh, ordinary Americans. This is why he's running away with it, because he speaks the truth. He speaks the truth. He gets it wrong from time to time. We all do. But as Lee Smith brings out in his book, I mean, his, his worldview is based on reality. I saw this clip this morning, this lady walking the streets of Jerusalem. She's visiting there from America. She's talked to a ton of people, according to her. And so many of them have said, we wish Trump was back. October 7 wouldn't have happened had Trump been in there. The hostages, w- the hostages would be uh, returned by now if Trump were in there. I mean, this sentiment, is it's more widespread than Joe Scarborough would admit. And the Americans want Trump to come in not only for the purposes of foreign policy, but to clean some house here at home. Look at this, uh, this video that uh, Darren Beatty and others have been talking about that was just released after three years it's like a seven minute video right there where the pipe bomb was outside the DNC headquarters on January 6 right I mean January 6 was an insurrection how come we haven't heard more about the pipe bomb that was surely planted by a MAGA supporter it was right outside the DNC headquarters Turns out it was so sloppy that even even Democrats have run away from the story. And we haven't, he- we haven't heard anything about it. Now, across town, where there are tens of thousands of, of MAGA protesters, 1,200 of them have been sentenced to prison. The biggest investigation in the history of the DOJ. And yet they've been so quiet about the pipe bomber. And they have resisted steadfastly the release of this security camera footage that actually shows the guy going up to the Capitol Hill police officer. And then there was a security, uh, a Secret Service vehicle next door because inside was Kamala Harris, the vice president-elect. And so this guy who saw the pipe bomb, he tells the two people in the cars, yeah, there's a pipe. And, and, And then what happens? Well, they just, they get out eventually after a couple minutes and it's like they're taking a leisurely stroll. What is going on? This is from, this is from the Blaze. It says here, Blaze Media can now reveal that the person who discovered the pipe bomb at Democratic National Committee headquarters in Washington, D.C. on January 6th was a United States Capitol Police plainclothes officer. We were led to believe it was just a, An ordinary, a passerby, he's just passing by, discovers this bomb and tells the authorities. In fact, it was a police officer. It says here, multiple congressional staffers familiar with the investigation confirm that despite months of the FBI stonewalling congressional committee's inquiries, they now know the identity of that individual, previously only identified as a passerby. Why would, why would the FBI stonewall on something so important? I mean, these are insurrectionists trying to take over Washington, D.C., right? I mean, this is what we've been told. It says here, at 1.05 p.m. on January 6th, the then-identified person casually approached a D.C. metropolitan police, so not the Capitol Police, the Metropolitan Police, a vehicle parked in the DNC's parking ramp driveway near South Capitol Street, reportedly to inform police officers that he had seen what appeared to be a pipe bomb. Wearing dark clothes and a backpack, the individual can be seen in a video posted by Representative Thomas Massey's YouTube channel first speaking to an officer on the driver's side of the patrol car. He then casually walks around to the car's passenger side window where he leans in to chat for a several seconds. I mean, they all knew each other. <laughs> They're just leaning in, having a good chat. There's a pipe bomb 20 feet away. You see that now in the security camera footage. It says here again, In no apparent hurry, the person walks around the dri- to the driver's side of an adjacently parked black Secret Service SUV, for a conversation with that vehicle's occupants. No big deal, hey, take your time, it's just a bomb. Right next to the building that the vice president elect is in. And then later on in the video, you can see it for yourself. It might be in this Darren Beatty clip we're about to play, but a little while later you see even some young people just like walking across the street toward the bench where the pipe
4: bomb is situated.
3: Tucker Carlson interviewed with Revolver's Darren Beatty. yesterday. Here's clip 11.
4: What the individual in the backpack is doing is alerting the Metro PD and the Secret Service of the fact that there is a pipe bomb just feet away that was planted by the park bench outside of the DNC. Now, for those watching this video, and everyone has to watch this video to follow along, the first thing that will strike you as remarkable is just how utterly unconcerned both the Metro PD and the Secret Service are about being informed that there was a pipe bomb literally within feet of them and within feet of their protectee, who was VP-elect Kamala Harris. First of all, why the unconcern from the Secret Service and the Metro PD? Unconcerned for themselves, unconcerned for their protectee Kamala Harris, unconcerned for the children that they cavalierly allowed to walk within feet of this explosive device. And that concern juxtaposed and contrasted with the fact that they needed a bomb safe robot to diffuse this pipe bomb.
3: That's Darren Beattie who runs the Revolver News website. They were so casual. It took their time. No big deal. These are the law enforcement authorities there in uh, D.C., the ones looking after Kamala Harris, the DOJ, those those types. You know, they talk a lot, those officials, about domestic terrorists. A, A domestic terrorist, that would be a homegrown or someone in America terrorizing other American citizens or interests or organizations. Who's being terrorized here? We don't know exactly who planted it, but clearly they knew it wasn't a threat. They knew it wasn't going to be a problem for them. I mean, just like he points out, I mean, just your own selfish interest would be, if there's a bomb 20 feet away, I'm getting out of here. They didn't do that. They just stayed in the car for a couple more minutes. Listen, I'm not quite done with my coffee. Listen to one more clip
4: from Tucker, clip 12. And while we're at it, let's address the Kamala issue. She had Secret Service protection because she was the VP-elect. She came within a hair's width of this explosive device, which is, according to the narrative, the most insurrection-y type aspect of January 6th. The government officially considers pipe bombs to be weapons of mass destruction. So that leads us to the... Additionally, bizarre question that compounds the suspicion and mystery. Why would Kamala Harris actively cover up the fact that she was in the DNC building at the time? You would consider that someone like that, her political interests would be in milking that for all it's worth. Yes. Here is the first woman of color VP elect who came within a hair's width of being killed by this live explosive device and she doesn't mention it at all? Joe Biden considers January 6th to be important enough that he gave a big speech on the third anniversary. January 6th and the false understanding of insurrection and Trump's involvement is the basis of the sham legal theory that the regime is trying to use to take Trump off the ballot and to remove him from the democratic process through extracurricular means. Kamala Harris, is milking January 6th, but for whatever reason, even on the third anniversary, she's not interested in saying, well, by the way, I almost lost my own life.
3: It's pretty amazing, isn't it? It's the same people that carefully select the footage from January 6th over at the Capitol. And and by the way, Mike Johnson, he's also promised that all of the tapes are going to be released. I, I think he's released, what, 90 hours? Why? He's... Uh, I think he's a self-proclaimed the most conservative, the most conservative guy to be speaker. Just passes through this continuous resolution, spend trillions more, and then, okay, we'll sit on most of the footage. They sat on this footage that Darren Beatty just showed for, th- for three years. Why? Why this? Why the veil of secrecy? Why wouldn't Kamala be going around like he points out and just trumpeting this to the world? They Trump's people almost blew me up. They almost killed me. They're covering it up because they know it doesn't add up. That's why. So let's just move on from that and focus more on the Capitol, because at least we had grandma coming through the Capitol taking selfies. At least we had somebody grab a podium and walk it out of the Capitol or throw some papers to the floor. At least we've got something. This is, uh, Beatty thinks this just blows up the whole narrative. I mean, it's already blown up. It's already been exposed as a fraud or a fedsurrection, as he calls it. This is, this is law enforcement at the highest level of the United States of America. And they're targeting the political opposition. And at the top of that list is Donald Trump, four indictments. Listen to Merrick Garland talk about how fair the Department of Justice is, clip two.
0: Look, we have uh, reasserted and clarified the norms of this Justice Department. We follow the facts and the law wherever they lead uh politics is not a part of our uh determinations so
4: you know the, the one of the trials of the former president uh donald trump is scheduled for march uh you know some of the polling recently shows that three quarters of republicans believe that he's being targeted uh, for political reasons uh, does it concern you that uh, that this public perception exists and, and what can you do to try to change that okay um
0: of course it concerns me um what we have to do is show by the acts that we take that we're following the law that we're following the facts the um, um prosecutions that you're talking about were brought last year um and the uh, special prosecutor has uh, said from the beginning uh, that he thinks uh, public interest requires a speedy uh, trial which i agree with you
3: no, we're not targeting Donald Trump. Uh, Oh, by the way, the prosecutor going after Trump wants a speedy trial. I agree. we got to hurry. we got to hurry because the election's coming up. But we're we're not. We're just following the facts. You know, I went through some of the facts and and twists and turns of our litigation over Mystery of the Ages, this book right here. You know how, how long we fought in court to secure ownership of this book? 6 years 6 the united states the litigious system of the united states is not a, it's not exactly known for its speediness 6 years it was a grueling struggle and it ended up being costly for both sides what, paying for attorneys is it's not cheap but here are these corrupt DOJ operatives, these special counsel appointees, here they are throwing everything in the kitchen sink at Donald Trump. Just get him, get him on anything. And nothing's sticking, by the way. There's another article I have about Jack Smith and his efforts to take down Trump. Nothing's working. It's slowing down right now in the Supreme Court with respect to immunity. And all, the, all these all these angles or technicalities that Trump's attorneys can come at, just like what happened with our litigation. I mean, you don't necessarily want it to go six years, but that's just the way it is for this process to, to play out and for a judge and a jury or both to get to the truth of the matter. But here's Jack Smith. I mean, he files the indictment last year and he is demanding that the judge get this going in March, April. He's got to be convicted this summer. What a system. And there's Merrick Garland to say, listen, there's no, it's not politically motivated. We're just following the facts. He sounds like an angel of light, doesn't he? This is from Axios. Former Trump White House advisor Peter Navarro should be sentenced to six months in prison and fined $200,000 following his criminal conviction for, wait for it, contempt of Congress defying a subpoena the sham Jan 6 committee subpoenaed Navarro and Navarro didn't come and worship before Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger and so he's got to go to prison according to Merrick Garland's DOJ. Six months $200,000 fine. Hunter can do that no problem. He just did it. He just did it a few, but you, Merrick Garland's DOJ is not going to go after Hunter. Because Hunter is Hunter. That was for defying Congress. Hunter's got a few other crimes, last time I checked. And he's skated free on every single one of them. The DOJ, they're, they're just not that interested. I guess there's the one case that they had to, they had to move forward on because this one, this one honest-minded judge called them out on, on the ridiculous sham of a plea deal that the two sides had arranged. Listen to the fake president. This is from, this is right before they stole the election, October of two, 2020. Listen to him talk about how this is all an attack from Russia. The, the Hunter lap, laptop story, that is, clip six.
5: Do you believe the recent leak of material allegedly from Hunter's computer is part of a Russian disinformation campaign?
1: From what I've read and know, the intelligence community warned the president that Giuliani was being fed disinformation from the Russians. And we also know that Putin is trying very hard to spread disinformation about Joe Biden. And so when you put the combination of Russia, Giuliani, the president together, um, it's just what it is. It's a smear campaign. It's a smear
3: campaign, he said in 2020. This week, the DOJ, Merrick Garland's DOJ, quietly admitted that, finally, they quietly admitted that Hunter's laptop is Hunter's laptop. Can you believe it? There's that man, who's now the fake president, lying through his teeth, or maybe his false teeth, lying to the American people saying that it was Russian disinformation. It was a smear campaign. And Donald Trump knew it. No, no. He knew you were lying. He knew the Department of Justice. At that time, Bill Barr's Department of Justice was covering up the truth. This is the same DOJ that's conducting the largest investigation in its history, an investigation That is essentially framing Trump supporters, trying to make Trump supporters look like they're violent criminals. When, in fact, there were the Ray Epps types embedded into the crowd, inciting them to go forward, go into the Capitol. There were Capitol Hill police there to open the doors. And in the case of Jacob Chansley, to escort them through to the Senate chamber brought to you by your DOJ, the Department of Justice. Given all that they've done, given all that they've gotten away with, do you think that they'd go so far as to plant a pipe bomb next to the DNC headquarters where Kamala Harris was situated that day? Well, you look at the footage and then you try to explain what was happening there and, and why the reaction was the way it was and why Kamala Harris to this day never even mentions it, <laughs> doesn't even bring it up. When we come back, we've got our Bible study segment, but also this week's uh, edition of World Watch. You're listening to Stephen Flurry and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be
2: right back. Daily News, Bible Prophecy, See the connection on The Trumpet Daily. Are you feeling overwhelmed by the flood of news and information? You need something to sift the news and bring you only what matters most. You need The Trumpet Daily. You also need something to help you understand not just what's happening now, but what will happen next. You need The Trumpet Daily. Only The Trumpet Daily accurately matches daily news to precise Bible prophecies because Bible prophecy is the only tool up to the task of sifting the news down to what's important and showing you what will happen next. Join host Stephen Flurry every weekday. Go to TrumpetDaily.com.
5: China is building replicas of American warships as targets to better prepare for a future conflict with the U.S. Navy, Business Insider reported on January 11. New satellite images of China's Taklamakan Desert show a full-scale mock-up of the USS Gerald R. Ford, America's newest and biggest nuclear aircraft carrier. In October 2021, satellites captured images of targets in northwest China shaped like U.S. aircraft carriers and destroyers. These targets would allow China to improve missiles' ability to target specific ships or even areas on ships to maximize damage. China is actively preparing for a naval war with America. Trumpet editor-in-chief Gerald Flurry has long warned of China's increasing belligerence as it seeks to challenge U.S. dominance, especially in the South China Sea. To learn more, read China is steering the world toward war. The U.S. and U.K. struck at the Houthi movement in Yemen with missile strikes on the night of January 11th to 12th. The Biden administration said American and British forces struck at least 60 targets in 16 locations, including Yemen's capital. The Houthis claimed there were 72 strikes. The strikes are a response to the Houthis disrupting maritime traffic in the Red Sea. The Netherlands, Canada, Australia and Bahrain also contributed to the strikes. According to the U.S., the targets included radar systems, command centers, and storage and launch facilities for both drones and missiles. The Houthis vowed to retaliate and said that their attacks against merchant ships will continue. This Iran-sponsored Shiite jihadist group controls large swaths of Yemen, but it cannot act in the Red Sea without a green light and technical help from Iran. This disruption of maritime traffic is another facet of Iran's war with Israel. How this latest escalation will affect events remains to be seen. But to learn where the Red Sea chaos will lead in the long term, read Trumpet Editor-in-Chief Gerald Flurry's recent article, The Battle for the Red Sea. A major armed conflict between the North Atlantic Treaty Organization and Russia is imminent, according to a secret German Armed Forces document quoted by Bild on January 14th. The document, named Alliance Defense 2025, details how a conflict between the two powers might arise. Tensions between Russia and NATO could escalate as early as February, the document said, pointing to Russia's conscription of 200,000 additional men into its armed forces. The document detailed possible Russian strategies that would culminate in the deployment of German troops and the start of war in the summer of 2025. Whether this document's proposed scenario proves accurate or not, it makes clear that some Germans and other Europeans are deeply concerned about Russia's increasing aggression on their doorstep, believing it could soon draw their nations into direct conflict. Russia's war on Ukraine is frightening European nations into arming themselves and preparing for a potential war. Bible prophecy says a unified, militaristic Europe will soon emerge and play a major role in world events. To learn more about these important prophecies, read Russia's War on Ukraine is Reshaping Europe. To learn more about current world news and how it relates to Bible prophecy, please visit thetrumpet.com.
3: I mentioned the uh, six years of litigation to fight for Mystery of the Ages and uh, quite a few other books and booklets of uh, Herbert Armstrong's The the 36-lesson uh, uh, Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. We really, it was quite, quite the haul back in 2003 when suddenly this work had all of this truth. But, but this one in particular, as I was going through it in class this morning, or the fight for this book, as I was going through that in class this morning, it just made me think that we need to draw more attention to Mystery of the Ages because it's a magnificent summary or, or synopsis of not just Herbert Armstrong's ministry and work and teachings, but it's a synopsis of the the Holy Bible. It helps you to understand the Bible. Mr. Armstrong got emotional back in the, the month of September, uh, 1985, when he was handing out Mystery of the Ages to those sophomores in class, and he said, uh, you know, I'm not saying this is on the level of the Bible, but it will, it will help you understand the Bible. It'll, it'll make the Bible understandable. Look at how many different interpretations we have for the Bible. Look at how many hundreds and hundreds of denominations we have, all of them teaching you know, a lot of similar things with respect to <laughs> human traditions and such, but with various different interpretations. It seems like the Bible's the only book that you can read 10 people can read it and have 10 different takes on it I mean I don't think if people were reading Lee Smith's book I don't think there would be 10 different interpretations on what he means why is this book treated so differently well because there's a God of this world that has blinded the minds of mankind notice that just look at 2 Corinthians it's not in my notes so we'll have to do it old school here Hurry, hurry along with me. Second Corinthians uh, chapter four and uh, verse four, it says, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not. The God of this world, that would be Satan the devil. He has blinded minds all over the world. Revelation 12, 9, you know about that verse. I I mention it all the time. He's deceived the whole world. And then Ephesians 2, 2 says he's the prince of the power of the air. He's just surcharging the air with his attitudes and moods and spirit of deception and lies and misinformation, disinformation. This book is the truth, and it expounds upon the truth in your Bible. It's the kind of book you need to study, as Mr. Armstrong said, not just one time, but multiple times. Come back over to it, review it, dig into it. I've been talking in some of these Bible study segments about studying the Word of God and and doing it deeply enough to be able to teach it. To be able to teach it, firstly, to your children, your family, But if you think about God's plan for the Bride of Christ, the Church of God, they're going to be using this as a textbook in the world tomorrow, just like we use it as a textbook on our campus today. Ephesians 4 and verse 11, it says here, And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You see why God provides teachers, instructors. It's to perfect the saints. It's to edify the body of Christ. Why? Well, verse 13 says, until we all, ministers and members alike, until we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, Unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Following in the steps of Jesus Christ, who never did sin. He was perfect in every respect. Follow those steps. 1 Peter 2.21. The ultimate goal or destination. Matthew 5.48. Become you therefore perfect, as your Father in heaven is perfect. I mean, if that's going to happen, that miraculous transformation, we're going to have to really live by every word that you find in the Bible. Start with the Bible. We'll have your Bible open alongside Mystery of the Ages, but then study through Mystery of the Ages and then prove it. Prove what it says in the Bible. That's the beauty of this book, <laughs> Mr. Armstrong. He used to say so often, and basically he, he says the same thing here in, in maybe a slightly different way. Don't just believe what I'm saying. Don't just take my word for it. Go to, the, go to the source and see what it says. Prove it. Who says this today? Philip Bump doesn't say that. He doesn't say, listen, I want you to do your own independent research. You, I mean, if you're going to try to find out if that's Hunter's laptop or not, uh, look, I encourage you to read both sides, New York Times, New York Post. No, no, he says, don't go to the Post. The Post should be blotted out. Go to John Brennan and all of his friends in the intelligence community who tell you that it's Russian disinformation and then just believe it, hook, line, and sinker. Don't, don't question it, don't be skeptical. That's That's not the attitude that Mr. Armstrong came at his readers and, and viewers with. He told them, look, I'm here to, to preach the, the plain truth of the Bible and you're gonna have to prove it for yourself. You can't just, it's not good enough to just take my word for it. You've got to blow the dust off the Bible and see if it's true or not. Hebrews 5 and verse 8. Well, I'm not sure how much time we'll have left. Maybe I'll just hit a couple more verses here and uh, Ephesians 4 verse 14 it says that we henceforth be mo- be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the sleight of men and the cunning craftiness whereby they lie in wait to deceive I mean if that was true in Paul's day these heretics these, these false ministers lying in wait to deceive. They're just waiting. They're lurking. They're, they're waiting around the corner to try to lead you astray. Could that be happening today? How could, why haven't there been walled, wall-to-wall reports of this footage released on just Thomas Massey's YouTube channel? Seven minutes of footage that's been withheld from public view for three years. And it's not getting any coverage at the New York Times or the Washington Post or, or the morning meltdown. No, nowhere. They should be outraged. Why didn't we see this in, you know, three years ago? You know what? We're going to put together a montage. If they haven't been scrubbed from the Internet, we're going to put together a montage of all of the reporting about the pipe bomb. Right around January 6th, because back then, I mean, that was very, very serious. (laughs) I'm a little off track here. Verse 15, speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. Speak God's truth in love and grow in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Grow toward perfection. That's all we have time for on today's show, the fastest moving hour in broadcasting. You are listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily, the, TD, the, sorry, the email address, TD@thetrumpet.com. We thank you for joining us on today's show. We thank you for joining us all week, and we'll see you next time.